and a podcast we call Welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reload, and if this makes noise, I'm really sorry, but I have to adjust my microphone stand a little bit. Um, and I'll edit it if it does, it's fine. Um, <laughs> this week, I'm doing, I'm, uh, I'm doing, hosting the Halloween episode of Rewind and Reload, a podcast where we talk about, I almost said virtual reality for some reason, uh, <laughs> pop culture all reality is virtual anymore true but um this is our halloween episode that we're recording the day after halloween because scheduling is hard and sometimes things just come up and you know what that's that's fine um so i'm joined by my two lovely compatriots as always so if you boys want to introduce yourselves my name is q (laughs) this is john and, um, did I say my name in this one? Because we're recording this twice because I fucked up. Um, I don't think so, but... I'm Tim. Yeah, you're Tim, right? That's fine. Fuck. Yeah, that's me. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so how was you boys week? It was good. I've been lazy. I was watching Adventure Time, though. And I noticed a, a DMT reference. thought that was funny. Uh, Pendleton Ward. You sneaky little devil, you. It's like in was that he like, episode. Oh, I was going to hmm. say, was he on the either the Duncan Trussell podcast or like the Joe Rogan one at the, around the time? Honestly, maybe. He was def- he's definitely been on the, the Duncan Trussell one a good few times. That's Yeah, I mean, I, that, I, I knew that much. I didn't know. If, I figured I'd throw in the Joe Rogan one since he always talks about DMT. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Pendleton's been on Joe Rogan, actually. It's a possibility. So, wait, like, what but, was the reference? So, is the episode where they, uh, uh, Princess Bubblegum through, like, this, like, science fair, I guess, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, Finn was like, I'm dumb, but I want to be smart, so he bought the glasses from the, or he didn't buy glasses from the Choose Goose, he did a little thing to entertain the Choose Goose, got the glasses, became smart. And then he blew a fourth dimensional bubble that turned into like a black hole and uh, everybody in the crowd was freaking out. And he's like, they're releasing uh, adrenaline, something else, and quite possibly DMT or dimethyltryptamine from their pineal gland. And I'm just like, okay, all right. That is a hardcore, dr- not a hardcore drug, but that is a definite drug reference in a Cartoon Network show. I love it. <laughs> What if instead they talked about, like, adrenochrome? Then they'd be alt-right. Oh, true. That's, uh... And speaking of Joe Rogan, he had Alex Jones on again. That was fun. <laughs> I didn't listen to it, but I saw the backlash about it. God, yeah, that. And then he had the fucking Kanye last Friday or something like that, I yeah, think. Yeah, I didn't and... see that one, but fucking hell. Yeah, dude. Like, it's... He's what back from I... the private island? I didn't know Kanye went to a private island. Oh, you didn't see about that? That was fun. Uh, maybe he didn't no. go. Maybe he's not in her very close circle of friends. Um, His wife. People were clowning on her on Twitter oh, because she got a thing about... After, that's oh, what that this, meme... This year's been so hard, and I took my inner circle to my private island for my birthday after like a week of quarantine and COVID tests. Okay, so that's what that meme's all about. Because, yeah, I keep seeing I keep seeing people, like, reference that, and I'm like, what the fuck is this even about? Yeah, it was, a, it was a joke clowning on, uh, you know, people who were only famous for sex tapes and OJ. <laughs> and how hard their lives are, and how they can only go to their private islands this year. Or, like, once this year or some shit. I don't know. Dude. Fuck. Eat their my wish, heart, dude. My heart goes out. It, it really does. Like, you know, I just feel so bad for them. Yeah, me too. I mean, if I could give them even $5 a month or something to support them, they and get maybe, it. like, pictures in exchange or something, I probably still wouldn't do it. 
you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to go to my private island at all this year, so I, I understand their pain. Yeah, well, I've never gotten was to go. I, but I've never gotten to go to mine. So, mine, I actually got one really cheap last year. Um, it was like there was like this house that the FBI had raided or something. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. There's like these weird paintings of Bill Clinton inside of it. Yeah, I was. I didn't know what to do. I kind of sold those. That was weird. <laughs> There was like a a dungeon with like a pizza symbol over on the basement. I didn't know what that was about either. <laughs> Just weird stuff, I guess. The lives of the rich and famous, am I right? Hey, we were not meant to understand them. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, that was that was my week. Yeah, how about Cartoons. you, John? Uh, my week was good. Uh, I'm gonna be starting a new job soon. Found out about that. Um, beyond that, I guess, I mean, Joey got married, so we should probably give him a little shout out. Congratulations, buddy. I don't know if he even listens to this Hell anymore, yeah. though. <laughs> Hell yeah, Joey. Get that marriage. Uh, get that bread. But uh, beyond that, I don't know. I was binge watching Legend of Korra today because I'm super hungover. So I drank a lot last night with Quentin. Yeah, I'm also. Do you not? Re- I do not remember how I got home. Y- your wife, my wife. Yeah, she's been awesome. <laughs> she's been taking care of me like all day. I remember getting in the car and leaving. I just don't remember uh, the drive home or anything that happened once I got home. So yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it was a good time. Oh, I had the fucking blast. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I also drank last night with some friends, but uh, the drunkest I got was trying to demand that we go to a Denny's 10 miles down the road, and they wouldn't let me. What? Yeah. That's the only time you go to Denny's is when you're drunk. Yeah. That's the best time. I just didn't want to, you know, they just gave me a bowl of cereal and set me straight. I, mean, um, I, well, guess. I guess if everybody was drunk, well, probably. there was someone who could have driven. I don't know. If, oh, okay. I don't know if I've ever gone to Denny's sober. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've only gone to Denny's a few times. Has anybody gone to Denny's sober? I don't. Yes, as a kid, I I used to. There used to be one in uh, the city just north of me, and I used to go all the time. Not all the time, but like it was a treat. Yeah. But uh, I feel like as an adult, I definitely wouldn't go to Denny's sober because it's uh, shitty diner food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my week to give some perspective, I guess, uh, has been all right. I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion that came out, and it's fine. It's like not gonna win any awards by any means, but like it's fun. There's some janky shit in it, like. I don't know. Like, the appeal of the Watch Dogs games to me is, like, the characters and stories. But when you have a world that's just nothing but procedurally generated characters that you play as, it kind of takes that away. So, I don't know. It's fine. It's not going to be Game of the Year by any means, but it's a fun little romp. Uh, But, let's hit, and unless you guys have something else to talk about... I was going to say, let's hit an ad, and then we can get into it. I'm fine with that, I guess. Alright. And we're back from the ad that you guys have heard probably conservatively 20 times since we recorded that. Hell yeah. Uh, Probably should make a new one, but it's fine. Um, So, this week, our Halloween... Post Halloween, little bit late Halloween special. Uh, we watched a couple of horror movies at my suggestion, and we're gonna talk about them a little bit because that's fun. People do that. Um, the first movie we watched 
We'll try and breeze through them, <laughs> not very quickly, but this first one's not going to take much time because fucking nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched Ashes 2010. No, I, I would ask, hey, did you guys hear about this movie before? But I know for a fact the answer is no. I feel like um, if you ask someone like, hey, have you seen Ashes? They'd probably try to be like, oh, is that the one movie with blah, blah, blah? And it'd be totally different. Like, they'd be thinking... It would be a completely... There's like 30... Trying to find this movie while we were watching on IMDb, there's like four or five movies that came out around the same time just called Ashes as well. <laughs> yeah, so like... And this is probably maybe the worst. I have not seen the other ones, so I don't want to say it's I mean, the worst. I mean, neither have I, but... But I will definitely say that um, I will bet that it is, it's the worst. I'll put some money down on it without seeing the others. Yeah, I don't want to let... Yeah, like, I don't... I don't like clowning on people's work, but this movie's like... Oof. There's a lot to pick apart with it. And uh, it, it could have been better. There could have been um, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, like the acting was like TV level acting to where like oh, it's funny you say that because one of them, yeah, the main act, the star of the movie is a former actor from the show uh, Charmed. Uh, Charmed. Yeah, that's right. And so, like the acting, I mean, could have been better, but like whatever. It was mostly the plot of the, the, or the story was just a little all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it tries to do, like, a lot of things in 90 minutes. Yeah. And I don't I'm, have the case with me, but I think it was, like, 93 minutes. Maybe the IMDb says what the runtime is. I'm surprised that it um, was 90 minutes, honestly. <laughs> dude, I don't think, I don't even, th- wait, hold on. Does it say doesn't say it real there's really no runtime list on this imdb page fun <laughs> i know oh, to say it was, was roughly 90 minutes. minutes yeah it was roughly 90 minutes yeah so the first comment that i think all three of us had in this movie is is this movie found footage <laughs> because it's shot with what i genuinely believe for the whole movie to be a handy cam which i don't to explain to people is usually what people use to make found footage movies this movie is not found footage, it but it almost should be. It almost be, would be better if it was. It uh, If they would have just at one point looked at the camera and been like, hey, are you filming this? I would have completely believed that the rest of the film was found footage until they started jumping around storylines at the end. But the whole first part of the movie could have definitely been found footage. Oh, yeah. And I think, oh, yeah. I think it actually would have been a little better if they did it. If they would have just yeah, set that up. Yeah, if it would have just been like, hey, this is... Because they... You know, to get a little bit into the plot, if this was like, hey, we're filming a little documentary or like a news story about this doctor who's like trying to make this breakthrough cure for AIDS, it would have been fine. But it the ca- you, you can tell someone's holding the camera because it just fucking moves and like it bobs as they're walking and it's it's just not... I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird way to shoot a movie that's supposed to be like Oh yeah. Not found footage. Also, IMDb has this movie's box oh wait, that's his box oh wait, budget. About nine hundred thousand dollars estimated. That was wow. probably mostly just to pay, buy a fucking dolly. It's probably mostly to pay the one lead actor that everyone knew. I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt it. I don't think he's like He's not that. He's not that good. He's not that huge. Like I don't even think he's got. Yeah, his his biggest four credits are. Charmed. Return to the Blue Lagoon, Sleepwalkers, and Camel Spiders. I've never heard of three of the, out of four of those things. We did look up <laughs> Camel Spiders though that night. Yeah, and that movie's got some. It looks like something CG. we should do. I'd love to. If we can find a way to get our hands on it, I don't know how we can watch it, but... The power yeah, of the internet. This movie is just very visually unappealing. There's a lot of white balancing that needs to be fixed, and they just didn't... I don't know if it's artistic. Uh, man. It was almost so, like whenever they were in the hospital, it was 
too bright to like show oh, like yeah. oh you're in a clean hospital and it's like which which led us to believe that they legitimately filmed in a hospital that they got like two rooms rented out for the week yeah <laughs> convinced but i mean I'll, I'll talk about the plot a little bit because i don't i don't if you're you know what if you want to watch this we go watch it and come back you probably don't want to watch but, it but like you probably don't want to so i'm just gonna talk about it um spoiler the movie cold warning. opens oh I'm just saying, spoiler warnings ahead before we go and do it. The movie cold opens with a scene of two children finding a bunch of beach jellyfish, and the boy gets a boy gets stung. I would love to say this never gets explained, but unfortunately, it kind of does, but not really. Uh, Cut to a doctor getting ready to go to the hospital, and then he leaves his family. Uh, The doctor Stanton, played by Brian Krause from Charmed. He's working on an experimental cure for AIDS that involves, like, this blue goo. Which... I don't know how else to... I... We didn't realize until about, what, halfway through the film that it was for AIDS? Like, none of us yeah. picked up on that until out of nowhere they were like... They said something about it. It's like, what the fuck is going on now? I think they said something to the effect of, oh, this will cure the virus. And we're like, wait, they don't know about this. Oh, AIDS. Yeah. Was... And then, I we just didn't realize that that was going on. Uh, he, he, there's this blue goo that he calls an immune reprogrammer or something. I don't remember exactly. It's been like a week and a half. But mm-hmm. I know the word immune is in there, and reprogrammer sounds pretty good. I think that's exactly what was in there, because he kept um, calling it a reprogrammer. Okay, and that's what it was. Uh... Dr. Stanton also is a very funny and cool lab assistant who might actually be the best part of the movie, but he, he like, hams it up every time he's on the camera, and I kind of love it. Oh, the lab assistant? Yeah, I can't yeah. I can't see his... He's the best part of the movie. Not... He was, like, a budget store Eddie, or what did we say? Was it Eddie Murphy? Or... I think we said Eddie Murphy, yeah. Um, yeah. but he was just like the funny man in this like trying to be serious movie and was like, uh, okay, well. He was the comedy relief. Yeah. And he did his, I would say he did his job. True. He helped us com- keep going. <laughs> yeah, he helped us not get terribly drudged on in this movie and we kept watching it, so. <laughs> uh, I think it's the same day at the hospital. Um, a boy just wanders into the hospital and collapses, and the staff is, like, way too fucking calm about this. Like, it just happens directly behind them in the shot, and the nurse goes, there's a bed open in three. <laughs> and, then like, slowly, okay. and then slowly walks over to him. Yeah. It's like, this is just a normal occurrence, and I think this movie's set in L.A. This just happens every day there. Maybe. I don't know. I don't live in a big city, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, the boy's name is Jesus, which we thought was going to be a, like, religious overtone. And then his sister's name is Maria. Yeah. Mother Maria. And we were like, oh, are they going to be, like, biblical? No, they're not. Maybe they were at one point in the script, but they're not by the end of it. Um, and for some reason, Stanton administers his immune reprogrammer to Jesus to save him. I I don't remember why he said it was a good idea. I just remember Jesus was, like, crashing, and they're like, oh, he's got stings from what looks like a jellyfish, so he just injects him with this blue goo. Yeah, he's like, this is he's gonna like, help. Maybe, this'll help him. Maybe this'll work. And I don't know, if, I don't remember exactly if this is when it happens, but at some point, Jesus bites Dr. Stanton. Yeah, and, he uh, bites him during that fit, because yeah. I think he's... The kid's, like, turning into a zombie or some shit at that point. Well, he, like, freaks out and then bites him. Yeah. That doesn't happen until later, but... Um, and then he wraps... The doctor wraps his arm up, and then I think he injects the blue goo into himself, too. That's um, later. And Oh, I no, I thought that happened in the, like... When he was, like, wrapping his arm and the nurse comes in. She's like, you better take this, too. Oh, no, she just gave him some, like... Something else, oh, okay. I thought. Because he okay. didn't do the blue goo thing until he started, like... He, like, went and talked to his friend, and he was, like, freaking out and shit. Yeah, I thought that's the, what it was. At that point, he had, like, a gaping hole in his arm. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
later that night, we get some fun, interesting information about Stanton's family. He's got a wife who kind of hates him, and a daughter who the costume decided written decided to make the quirky preteen. Uh, there's like she has lots of pink. Uh, she wears a jean jacket and a like bedazzled fedora. And I think a cowboy hat at one point with a tutu. Styling. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Was... Read about the tutu. Interesting. Um, I don't like wanna... I said, Stanton and his wife. Oh. I was just gonna say I don't want to like rag on any like kids dressing up and stuff. It was just no, like, no, no. Like maybe if, if she chose in... that costume for herself, great. Yeah, but but you could definitely tell I also... that someone in the costume department was like, "No, put this on." Yeah, it's like no, this is what kids look like in 2010. It's fine. <laughs> um, like I said, Stanton's wife's love life is on the rocks. Uh, as I as is evidenced when there's not one but two very erotic scenes between the wife and his friend's wife. Yes. Uh, one's a very very charged dance scene, and then the other is them talking about how he's impotent in the kitchen. And they, like, make out for, like, half a second, and she feels bad about it. And then the friend is like, if you want to keep your man... I don't. She, she has, like, an accent. I don't want to try and imitate her accent. But she's like, if you want to keep your man, you need to fuck him or something. I don't no, remember how she puts if it. If you want to spend time with your man, you gotta fuck him or have sex with him. And it was like... Something. Well, that's yeah. not, like... I mean... It's, it's like, not, that's kind of bad advice, but all right. It's like, you're not really hanging out with him? yeah like that's a different activity so that's not the right answer uh stanton i don't i'll call this character stanton because i don't even remember his first name his friend is another doctor and his former mentor who now works with hydroponics what what, what is he doing oh he grows <laughs> weed that's what it means <laughs> literally the next scene they show him they're like he's like want to smoke some of this candied kush and then they go out in the backyard and smoke weed yeah which is, you know, I don't whatever, but like, I just feel like two doctors should be like maybe uh, we shouldn't, but I guess they have stressful jobs. One's whatever. retired, so like that's fine. The One is retired and like also still working. At some point, we get really confirmation that he's just like a hippie because there's like a statue of the Buddha in the background of one scene in his house. They put a lot of thought into these characters, like. But never really oh, yeah. went into any kind of depth with them. They were just like, we're just going to put shit in the background. And hopefully people understand. <laughs> the backgrounds tell more than of the story than these characters do. Uh, it's at this point that I started asking, where's the goblin on the cover of this movie? Because on the little half inch by half inch JPEG of the cover of this movie on the back of the uh, collection box, there's this little like little gray creature on the front in front of like a burning world that's never shown uh but anyway (laughs) stanton and his pasty covered wife and i should be more specific with that uh at one point she's supposed to be like alluring him into bed but you can just see like the side of a pasty peeking out from behind her arm even though we're supposed to believe that she's naked under her arm so that that was that was a fun one. Didn't film that angles. very well. Camera angles were fantastic. Oh, no. oh yeah. They just like it was like a Tommy Wiseau production that he's like, yeah, <laughs> get up in her face, keys, keys, keys. Um. So they have sex because that was the advice, and he spreads the virus to her, which is kind of revealed later. But we are kind of led to believe it because he has a nightmare about biting her or something. And I guess it makes sense since the virus is kind of a derivative of AIDS or has AIDS inside of yeah, it. They, I don't. I don't know. They said later something about that you can pass it on like sexually and through your saliva and shit. So like, yeah. I think they're macking and you know eating each other's assholes probably cross contaminated them. Yeah, probably. Like I said, Stanton starts having nightmares. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening at the hospital that's really boring. His research keeps continuing. Um, he starts getting really paranoid, Even the, and everyone in the hospital tells him that he looks like hell, even though he just looks pale. Yeah, they look like, like they, they, put they, it... they didn't oh, really do too much makeup-wise. They're just no. like, everybody's just like, you look so bad. And it's just like, yeah, 
does he? Like the lab assistant's like, oh man, you look like shit. And they cut over to him like, that's what he looked like at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, what? Okay. And it's not until later that he like starts looking like super tired and like his eyes are red. But like that first scene where everyone's like, oh, you look like shit. He just like looks normal. But okay. Um, uh, he's given some blood samples by a guy he's working with who was assigned to work with. For the cure for AIDS, he switches his own blood in, and it's, oh, it, overnight, Jesus just straight up died. Yeah. Uh, so Stan goes and get a blood sample from the morgue, and they test that, and it shows that the red blood cells are still active despite being dead. Just oh, like I his died. is doing now. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Stan's blood is also revealed to be that way later, because of course it is. And it's, I think at this point is when I wrote like the note in my phone of this is the most by the book zombies movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's so like, oh, well, this happens, this happens, and this is why the zombies are here. And then it's shit starts going bad. Uh, Stan sinks further into the infect- infected zone, trademark. Um, he meets Jesus' sister, Maria. I don't remember why this even happens. I think... So he starts screaming, he sees a girl in the, in the parking lot, he starts screaming at her in English, and then when he finally catches her, he speaks to her in fluent Spanish. <laughs> so it's like, okay, why, if you knew that, if you had even a sinking suspicion but, that she was Jesus' sister, why didn't you just talk to her in Spanish to begin with? No, that scene pisses me off because he thinks it's Jesus. Like, oh, he right. fully thinks that it's Jesus, and then he starts yelling at him in English, and he knew Jesus only spoke Spanish from the two times they talked to each other. Yeah, that's so right. Like, right about that. why did you not just start with Spanish? And, like, I don't remember exactly what the conversation had, but, like, I don't even think it happened, comes up again, so it can't have been that important. She asked if her brother was okay think, or something, oh, yeah. and that's, like, it. Be, and then he asked And him, then he goes... He just asked how oh, he sorry. got like hurt or some shit uh-huh. and she says oh it was a jellyfish i don't know how jellyfish has zombie virus but and then she she like takes his death like surprisingly well <laughs> but anyway um so then stanton in his madness like goes on a basically a rampage downtown bites a homeless woman and then, like, two Latino men come and try and fight him. Well, first he gets, and... uh, he attacks that one dude because um, of a, about, oh, no, maybe that's later. Never mind. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the two, like, Latino men whose costumes I think even the show Mayans MC would have said is too stereotypical. They're just in, like, stereotypical <laughs> cholo outfit. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he, he bites them. They get infected too. Uh, the whole world starts descending into chaos. We we didn't talk about the scene where he goes to talk to his friend. He's like, "I fucked up. I fucked up," and leaves. And then, but anyway, the friend's doctor's wife goes to investigate. And oh, well, oops, I skipped part. <laughs> uh, Stanton's wife kills their daughter off screen. Yep. <laughs> and like. The daughter calls the friend's wife and is like, my mom's trying to hurt me. So the friend's wife comes over. She gets got to. It's, yeah. Then the friend, the doctor, hippie, goes, friend, doctor, friend, hippie, <laughs> goes to the hospital to try and help Celeste find Stanton and finds it ransacked and, like, just abandoned, basically. Um, this is after Stanton kills the lab assistant for some reason. And he finds one of oh yeah doesn't he find the AIDS patient who was like yeah and he's like he, he was cured and it was and I think it was like implied that he was immune to the zombie virus because of the like yeah. AIDS treatment working yep like people with AIDS um, can't get the zombie virus or some <laughs> yeah. shit they implied and then uh. Stanton wanders out in the hallway, clearly infected. Uh, hippie doctor shoots him, and the movie's over. That's it. I remember at one point, too, we didn't touch on this. Uh, Stanton left the hospital, 
to go down his rampage and then went back to the hospital yes. and then left the hospital again. And he <laughs> but in, in that time zone he was a full out quote unquote zombie. So I remember you making the comment like if he if zombies are conscious enough to remember to go to work, can some of them still use guns? And then I went, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> well, because they find it. I think the doctor gets his gun that he shoots Stanton with from a cop dead outside the hospital. Yeah. And I was like, if that cop got up, could he still shoot that gun? Because it was established by the lab assistant that it takes 24, I think it was 24 or 48 hours, 24 hours. For someone who was injected with the serum for the thing to fully set in. It was all fucked up anyways because they, yeah, the lab assistant and if said that was, if... That like, was a full day after Stanton had been bitten. Yes. And then there's another night after that. And then the third day is when everything goes downhill. Yeah, because the lab so assistant like, said that it would take 48 hours for the per- first person who gets infected to get it. When they go to infect someone else, it only takes 24 hours. And then if yeah. they infect somebody, it takes like 20 minutes like, or it's something. Like, it's like instantaneous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. But then they just very threw that out. Place. They threw it out the fucking door because once Staten starts biting everyone, they just turn straight into zombies. Mm-hmm. Or they die. One or the other. Yeah, this movie is uh, very inconsistent with its rules, shall we say. It's like, I don't know. The last note I even have on this movie is like, this movie wasn't even fun bad. It was just boring. It was just bad bad. It was just by the books and boring, and it's like... Nothing special. Yeah. I'd say like one out of five. Don't, if you want to watch it, watch it, but if... You have other things you can watch. Just watch that instead. <laughs> if you're like a masochist, then yeah, check it out. But if you like, don't hate yourself. You should probably not watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, what, like, if you guys had to give this movie a one to five, what would you say? I said a one. A one. Yeah. I. A one. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to say one. I think it could have easily been a three if they did things differently. Oh, There's yeah. no way I, it was ever going to get like to a, a five, though. No, it would have been like an average movie if they would have just like made some choices, stuck to them, and like gotten a better camera set up. And they didn't have like but... robots for actors. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like every 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 line was just very like robotic and like uh, there there wasn't a lot of like emotion. I guess I agree with that. Oh my god, we've got to talk about the okay. So earlier I talked about this like asshole who Stanton was like assigned to work with to try and help find a cure, and there's a point where he, Stanton bites that guy. Yeah, that's like and he's in like he's in like the office like trying to doing something because yeah he attacks him and then that's when he turns into a zombie leaves kills Uh those latino guys and then comes back yeah but during that time that like asshole doctor someone else comes into the office and they're like oh i'm gonna go you're acting weird i'm gonna go get security and he like vaults over the desk and goes i am the fucking security I forgot about that. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get security. That's the last we see of that character. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That was, that was like one of the few scenes that I think made us genuinely laugh. And I don't think it was supposed to. Yeah. That was the only scene that was like, this is so bad. It's good. Every other scene was just like, it's so bad. It's bad. Yeah. So... Ashes, 2010. Not a very good movie. If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, if you have any, literally anything else that's above one star in your mind, watch that instead. Uh, our next movie... I uh, I want to talk about this one, because this one this was movie, actually enjoyable. This movie is like... I'll, I'll, here, the title of the movie is Backwoods Bloodbath, The Curse of the Black Hodag. Mm-hmm. And it is, full disclosure, I saw this movie before we saw it, and I recommended it here because it's so fucking funny. 
it's and i think they know that it's got they're self-aware you can tell like oh ma- yeah maybe not at the beginning of the movie but towards the end of the movie like you can tell that they're oh, aware of what no, they're making the beginning of the movie not to like spoil too much it's like one of the first scenes i guess so i guess it, it kind of leads into that um there's a part where like this rural shopkeeper's like you one of them fibs and then the very bottom of the screen is like a text crawl that goes fib noun fucking illinois person or bastard yeah and i was like that's the only time something like that happens in the movie and i was just like what the fuck is this but it's funny and it's charming in the same gas station there's a meat handshake and a character who we later found out was called the screecher only because he went at one of the characters and then walked away and I'm pretty sure he was related to the director. That's why he was in the movie. Oh, uh, uh, let's see. They had, the, titled... they had the same name, I thought. I think he's in the... Is he not in the this credits? Damn, he's not in the, the IMDb credits. I could have swore the Screecher and the director had the same last name. Uh, he probably did. Um, so, this movie is directed by uh, Don Kennedy, who is a Milwaukee native this this movie is set in uh wisconsin um i'm just gonna read you a little bit of this he only he's got uh let's see two producer credits one is for a movie called horrid this one the other one's for this movie backwoods bloodbath uh but then my favorite credit of his uh he is credited for the visual effects of the twilight saga breaking dawn part two what Mm mm-hmm that's a big jump. Yeah, he's got some uh, <laughs> shitty like indie stuff that he did, and then he did the visual effects for all of a sudden Saga: The Breaking Dawn Part Two. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's Amazing. this really doing very well series. Come work on it. It's kind of like the reverse of um, I can't think of his name, but the guy who did the vis- some of the visual effects for Matrix Reloaded, and then went on to make Killer Bean. Oh yeah. I didn't know that was the oh my god yep <laughs> yep uh so a little bit about the plot there's a lot of i wrote a lot more for this one just because there's it's so good well there's a lot of funny tidbits that yeah. if we left out you're gonna miss the movie cold opens in a barn with a couple about to get down and dirty for their i think anniversary but unfortunately it's not to be because they get killed within two minutes. Uh, there's a scene... I think they hear something in the, like, the hay... What is that? Like, the hay loft? Yeah. And the guy goes up to investigate, gets killed, and then the girl goes up. Uh, she's originally just, in, like, in a bra and panties, but then when she's climbing the ladder, she has shoes on. And then when she's getting killed and hanging from the ladder... Uh, from above the ladder, she's barefoot again. So that's... they. She just didn't want to climb that ladder without shoes. And I can't say I blame her because I'm pretty sure this was shot in a real shitty old barn. I wonder if it was like... I feel like I'll... Somebody, hmm? somebody the director knew like, oh, this is their barn. Or if they just like literally... Oh, just... I almost promise you... They like the director was like... Well, he's like I said, he's a Milwaukee native. So I'm guaranteeing you he like found, knew someone... Like, who lived out in the middle of nowhere and was like, hey, can I just film on your property? I'm making this little movie with my friends. And this movie happened. <laughs> Thank God it did. Uh, so then we're introduced to our main cast of characters, some university friends who have gone out to a cabin in rural Wisconsin to honor their friend, whose name I don't remember. After he unfortunately committed suicide by jumping off a balcony on campus. I don't remember if they actually said it was suicide or if he was just too drunk. Because that's a running theme in this movie. You find out more towards the end, though. Yeah, we'll find out some stuff about that. Uh, we have our stereotypical college jocks, Brent and Cooper. The Brent. Sometimes called The Brent by himself. Uh, some hot babes, Jessica and Becky, and a military veteran question mark, 
I think he might have just been like a basic graduate. <laughs> Paul. And Nerdy Mark, who only came because he was friends with the guy who died. And it's revealed that Brenton Cooper bullied Mark throughout high school. So why is he here? I don't know. Uh, like I said earlier, they stop at a gas station to get, like, food and beer. And they get a meat handshake, and they meet the Screecher. Nothing really happens in that scene other than that, and the definition of fib. Can they do the whole horror movie setup where it's like, you don't want to go up in those woods, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just been some killings up there lately. They ain't caught the man who did it. Uh, they all get to the cabin and set up after getting their keys from Brick, a man who carries around a... I don't remember what the name of the dog, like the species, the breed of the dog is, but just carries around a little dog. Yeah. The entire movie. And he's never seen again till the end. And by the end, I mean a post credit scene. Uh, there's some random, they just basically set up in the house. I don't remember exactly what happens. Oh, that's the scene though. Uh, when they're setting up, uh, Jessica goes and changes and, um, right. The one Mark walks in on her and they just have the close up of her tits and you can tell that it's not her <laughs> because yeah. they probably hired like an actress just for, you know, her to do that. But then had this woman play the character, so it was really confusing and it was very obvious. Yeah, yeah. There's just like because you never see they, her face guy, and tits together, never. Uh huh. Exactly. So they just like zoomed in on someone's like breasts and then like a cut and it's like her holding a shirt over her chest. She's like, "Why are you in here?" But um, then they go to a bar and get drunk off of one beer each. And the beer labels are pretty, I'm pretty sure, are, like, made for the movie. They have, like, a squirrel on them or something. Yeah. Yeah, because they're on every beer bottle throughout the entire movie. So, according to the IMDb trivia, they're called Dirty Taters. Mmm. And the bar is called Airman's Sandbar. I don't know why, but that's in the IMDb trivia, so it must be true. Uh, they meet some local hillbillies who talk about the manure plant four miles down the road. Which I guess is where they make manure. Or process manure. I don't know. Nothing like but a shit so, because some, Yeah, because someone makes a comment about like, man, this place smells like shit. And it goes, that'd be the manure factory four miles down the road. That's where everyone goes to okay. shit and then they just put it in a bag and give it back. Is that supposed to be? I don't know. Like rural Wisconsin slang. Is that like a like a factory farm? I don't know. Maybe. I just thought about that. Maybe. They also meet a character named Scott Goodwill, who is hunting a creature he calls the Hodag, who killed his father, and he comes from a long line of Hodag hunters. Which I'm gonna put up a picture of a Hodag when we post on Instagram oh, yeah, because the real the, legend of the real yeah. one. Because the one in this movie does not look like that. Yeah, what the fuck is up not with the all. fucking... They explained it, though. Yeah, it's Oh, like... right, they do explain it. Because he has evolved throughout the yeah. years of killing people. And it's like, okay... He became more like us to hunt us more efficiently. And But then you just get a bunch of scenes of a guy in a lot of leather running through the woods. Don't, f- yeah. don't forget mm-hmm. the shitty dreads, too. Oh, uh, the shitty dress, oh, yeah. too. It's actually and kind like, of... Tri- and, like, the wooden tribal mask. It's actually pretty racist. <laughs> like... It's a weird thing. Like, it's just a dude in dreads with a kind of a voodoo mask, and he's killing people, and it's like... I don't think they meant for that to be <laughs> kind of racy, but it kind of was. So, fun fact. I found the IMDb trivia for this movie. And while we're talking about the Hodag, I might I might give you some fun trivia that some people have submitted regarding this the Hodag. Uh, according to this one, the Hodag plays for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> what? Uh, well, let me. It'll get uh, it'll get explained. Uh, this one says the Hodag's forty-yard runtime was four point five seconds, <laughs> <laughs> which I think 
is a joke about how fast he runs. Because they show nothing but shots of like Him legs running. running, and we have to assume that they're the Hodag. The Hodag was pretty fast. He was. Also, according to this, the Hodag graduated from Stanford University. <laughs> I don't know if these are supposed to be like a joke about an NFL player. Oh, maybe. I don't the know. The Hodag was a fifth round NFL draft and pick in 2011, 154th overall. Are they trying know. to compare the Hodag to that dude that played on the Seahawks that had dreads? Fuck, what was his name? Oh, maybe. Oh, Fitz. No. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know sports. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna search this. Whoa, are these characters? Are these are these players dead? Richard Sherman. Yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah, because he graduated from Stanford. Okay, he's a hundred fifty-fourth pick, fifth round. They literally just uploaded his stats. His dash <laughs> time was four point five six seconds. They're just saying that he played the Hodak. Uh, okay, I, I guess that makes more sense than I thought it was just a joke. But I, I guess it's because of the dreads. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. The Hodag looks so. Pretty, any, I, I think the Hodag was white underneath all that. He definitely was. Uh, well, his the he's credited as a character or as a man named Seth Chilson. And there's no picture on his IMDb, so I don't know. He just like sir. He's only credited for Backwoods Bloodbath. <laughs> he ended his acting career on a high note. Something. So, uh, Scott Goodwill, the Hodag Hunter, explains to them the local legend of the creature stalking the woods, the Hodag. Uh, cut to some random characters filming milk chug challenges in the woods. Yeah. One of them gets killed. And one of them runs away to be found later in the movie. And I don't remember if this is the same time that they cut to, like, the camper lady. There's, like, a lady camping in the woods who literally exists... Only to show some nip and like a shitty back tattoo that we think was like temporary, and then she dies. Yeah, what the fuck was like the whole purpose of her? Literally to show some more tits. Like yeah, it was literally like forty five seconds. Who she of was at all, time, and then she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's talked about earlier, but I put it in here. Paul has a girlfriend. Who is very obviously just a man in a blonde wig, and you know, no judgment, but it's kind of like a running gag in the movie. The people he people he like shows the picture, and they're like, "Oh," and he's like, "Yeah, fine, isn't she?" And it's obvious. It's just a dude with a beard, like with. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like the director, but Probably. I can't find pictures of him either. Let's see. Does the director have a beard? Kind of. It wasn't like a director in a blonde. It wasn't like a full beard. It was like kind of like you didn't shave for a week or two. Yeah. Um, I think I wrote this in because Paul does in fact cheat on her with Becky. Ooh, just even leaving the room when the something happens. Someone like has something happen, and everyone comes out of their bedrooms in shock. And Paul's wearing Becky's underwear, which is kind of funny, isn't this? It just like happens and no one talks about it, which is like even funnier to me. Is this after he poured all the uh, the syrup? No, this is before. And then like it's before because then they go back to bed and it cuts to that scene of him pouring syrup all and licking it off of her, like a very PG thirteen sex scene where they're just kind of like jumping around in bed pouring syrup on each other. Also, there's if you look closely, there's like a plastic sheet over the bed because they didn't want to like pay to wash the fucking comforter afterwards yeah hey man comforters are expensive no i I, dude i don't want to pay five bucks to go to the laundromat and clean either in quarters no less (laughs) no thank you uh then the next morning everyone has breakfast and they there's a like offhand comment all by someone off screen's like hey where's the syrup uh, I think it's during the breakfast scene that Paul excuses himself just for a cutaway scene of him masturbating in the bathroom to a picture of his quote-unquote girlfriend. It's either it's, that again, scene or the scene that they're drinking at the table. I can't remember which one, but yeah, he Oh yeah, he does I, I forgot about point. the scene where they're playing Never Have I Ever. I think it was during that scene that he did it. 
But either and they way. play it wrong. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they find the tires of their jeep or whatever it is slashed, and they split up to go find help. Uh, I think this is the same time that we actually get a cutaway to some hillbillies from the bar, and they're out in a deer stand. Uh, one of them's apparent. I think apparently just says he like comes out as bisexual to his friend because he's like. I don't want to say the word that he says, but did he? See, did you see that black girl at the bar? And he goes, "I think that was a man." He goes, "I'd probably still do him." <laughs> yeah. He did not use like, the okay. word black, though. No. And I was like, "Okay, what a weird scene." And then that guy wanders off and dies. And the weirdest and his part. Friend, that well, was the weirdest part that he's like, "Oh, did you see that girl at the bar?" But the this man's bald. Like he's obviously yeah. like it. I mean, I know like also some he's, women. It's very. It's established that he's very muscular because, he, like I said, he was in the military. Yeah, and that. I think there's a throwaway line of him saying that he because of that he has a license to kill. Yes, there is. Because they were going. But yeah, they no, went it's out established. <laughs> because in the morning before the breakfast scene, he's like doing like clap push-ups. Yeah. And it's like okay. Let's not forget that right but after anyway, that. Uh, the one dude goes up in his tree stand and, like, sings his little soliloquy dedicated to weed. Yep. That was in the credits credited as the marijuana song. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like... It's just, that it's was just, by far the it's, best it's, part of the movie, too, because... It, it's playing over, like, scenes of them, like, walking through the woods and the hodag running around. And the hodag killing his hunting buddy, too, didn't he? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's when that happens. Uh, da, 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 da. They slip on... Paul slips on a tree carcass and... Or a some kind of carcass. carcass in the woods. And they, like... He gets covered in blood, so they have to, like, take him back and hose him off. Uh, da, 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 da. Some other stuff happens that I can't exactly remember. Like I said, it's been a week and a half since I watched this movie. And as much as I love it, there's just some throwaway scenes that mean nothing. Uh, time passes, the gang starts listening to the big game on the radio, which I can only assume is the, uh, Notre Dame game. Not Notre Dame, I made this mistake during the viewing, too. <laughs> Who's the Milwaukee fucking team, I guess? Because they said it's from the big city, and then they called Milwaukee the big city. I don't know, some college Milwaukee. team they're listening to. Probably the Bucks? No. That's a perfect. I don't, that's I don't a think it ever talks about it. They just, but Cooper just keeps screaming about how if he doesn't get a brat in his hand while listening to the big game, he's gonna go ape. So I don't know. The Brent starts making some dogs. Uh, something happens again. I don't remember what this time, and they get split up again. Um, this time Becky gets killed in the cabin after being abandoned by Paul, and then Paul's killed by someone or something off screen. In a field by an old tractor that, again, we thought they just found in the middle of a field. And we're like, this is a cool place. And then Brent is uh, stabbed in the chest with a scythe and strung up in a tree. And that's where his friends find him. Uh, some more dumb shit happens. And then Cooper throws a fit about his brats. Storms outside with some really bad ADR gets killed. And now there's only three people left alive. And I might have the sequence of this wrong. And maybe you guys remember better than I do. But does Jessica go out to try and find help before or after the sex scene? I think it's before. After, I thought. Because, oh, it is after. Because then she finds Because then she Scott, finds the egg. And then that's... Yeah, and then... And she finds Scott, too, I think. Yeah, she finds and Scott, he helps, he, they get in the car, and then... And that's the scene where we figure out the uh, the twist of this movie. Yeah. Well, they have, like, Paul, or Jessica, and... Yeah, and then she comes, I don't well, know. Well, yeah, anyway. but anyways, they, yeah, they she find Brent, some... they bring Brent back, and then they're all, like, in a room, hiding from the hodag, and then Jessica and, and Mark... Uh, Marka, yeah, they just have sex, for some reason. Yeah. 
right in front of and Brent, right in front of the Brent, and he's like, says something along the lines of "Banger while the Brent is dying." Nice, and just watches as he lit a cigarette. Yeah, I forgot about that. He lit a cigarette while watching. Uh, and I guess then she goes out to try and find help. Oh no, sorry. You find out, and this is the big twist of the movie. That Mark brought them all out here to kill them as revenge for the bullying he took in high school. Even though um, they didn't um, want um, him to come. Yeah, because none that... of them wanted to come, but it's apparently it was his idea, even though... I Because he killed the unnamed friend at the beginning. By pushing him off the balcony, he tells yep. Jessica. And then I don't know if he just organized this whole thing as a tribute to that friend, or what happened... But, yeah, they were like, why is he even invited? And it's like, well, he was friends with this guy. Yeah, but at the beginning... So it doesn't sound like he organized it. Yeah, exactly. At the beginning, if if anyone would have been like, hey, why is he here? Someone could have been like, well, he put this together, so shut up. Yeah. Never done. But they don't. Um... Uh, yeah, and then it's revealed that he's, like... He's killed Cooper, Paul... And I think he's also the one who stabbed Brent. Yes. And then he said that uh, Becky was just a happy casualty because he didn't even suspect the Hodag would be up here. And he was pissed that he didn't get to kill her. I don't think he he stabbed and strung up Brent. I think he... uh... The Hodag did yeah, that, right. and then he, like, finished the job off. Yeah. When yeah, Jessica like, went well, out to find help. Because, like, they... He, like, punches Brent, and then, like, he's still alive a and little bit like later, that, and then he dies. It's like that weirdly shot scene where it's just close-ups of him, yeah. like, doing a crazy face with blood just shooting everywhere. So, yeah, it's at this point that Jessica finds Scott, the Hodag hunter... Uh, he starts driving her to town, but then the hodag's right in front of the truck, and it's his destiny. So of course he has to get out and try and fight it, and he gets his guts ripped out, I think. And uh, but he's not dead. And then Jessica gets in his car and goes somewhere, finds a hodag egg in a barn, comes back to the cabin that they're staying at, throws it in the stove. And it gets it's the it the egg screams while the hodag is mad. Honestly, that was a waste of a good egg. They probably could have made a hodag omelet. <laughs> I think it's also Scott before this reveals that like, well, it's been reproduced, and that's why there's been hodag sightings in other states too. It's like okay, yeah, so like every state hodag. has a hodag, apparently. Yeah, that hodag was definitely like very male looking. So like. Did it just reproduce asexually, or are there also female hodags? I think so. I think I think they say it does. Shits out an egg every fifty years, or something like I, that. I, I thought think. it was uh-huh. every. I think that's actually. I think it was every fifty years that it like shits out an egg, yeah. and it gets it like yep. that's why it like grabs a bunch of people and like gets food for its baby or some shit. Something like that. Something I just realized um, if it's like out in the boonies and shit, and like. It's killing people and then evolving to, like, be more like people. I don't think anybody in the boonies, like, has dreads. Not anymore. Not after the Hodag got to them. And then they were like, well, that's all right. Like, I don't know, dude. I feel like the Hodag should have evolved more into, like, an alcoholic. (laughs) An alcoholic working at the manure plant? Or a screecher. Or a meat shaker. And uh, the Hodag kills Mark and Brent because Brent's still alive and he makes a noise and the Hodag comes over and kills him. And just before the Hodag's about to kill uh, Jessica, Scott returns and shoots it dead. And... She goes over and she's like, oh, you did it. And then they look over and the hodag is gone. But is it? And he goes, well, at least I thought I killed it. And then the movie cuts to black. No, because she she goes, is it dead? And he goes, it never is. And then all of us looked at each other and was like, then why the fuck do you even try? Yeah, I forgot about that. 
If you can't kill the damn thing, then just move on with your life. Move away. I don't remember if there's I don't remember if there's a scene of her like driving away or not, but that's the end of the movie. And Yeah. This movie's like it does maybe it doesn't come across as like really charming. But there are just parts of it where I was just like, oh, this is... They know what they're doing, and it's funny because of that. Yeah, the movie was, like, at least aware of itself. Like, it was one of those, like... Like, the last one that we talked about, it was just so bad it was bad. Like, this one was, like, bad in a good way. Yeah, like, it was so bad that it was funny. Yeah. They were self-aware. Like, they definitely weren't trying to make a serious movie, like, in Ashes. Like, Ashes, like, definitely, like, they had, like, a, a vision of a serious film uh and it just kind of all went poopy doopy but this one i definitely don't think they sat down and were like yeah let's make a serious movie like i think their goal from the beginning was just like oh we're gonna make a goofy stupid movie for fun yeah i think so i think you're right and then he made the director went on to do visual effects for twilight uh breaking dawn part one which still blows my mind. They were probably so impressed with his hodag work that they're <laughs> like, dude, this is the guy we need. Something, man. I don't know. This, Like I said, this. I've watched this before and it made me laugh really hard then. And then I watched it with you guys and I was still laughing really hard at like dumb parts of this movie. And yeah, like we said, I think they knew what they were making. So I would give it like a, like a three. It's like a kind of, it's worth a watch just for the like entertainment factor of it, especially if you're from the Midwest and you can get like, yeah, this is just fucking weird Midwest people. It really resonated with us. Yeah. There's some like pretty good, like Northern Wisconsin accents in this movie at some points. Like the, I think the bartender of the bar from the beginning of the movie has like a really heavy like he pronounces O's like ooze. It's pretty, yeah. It's just like a like weird little charming movie made on like a low budget. I don't. Let's see if they have an estimated budget on IMDb. I kind of doubt it. Um. Nope. Not a one. So yeah, this one is uh this one's worth a watch. This one's I hard think. for me to rate because like if you like rating the movie itself, I would want to give it like a 1 or 2, but like enjoyment factor, I would definitely say this was a 4 or 5 because So I guess I would say in that vein, I guess in the rating system I use on Letterboxd, I would say it's 2. Like, it's a movie that I can recommend to a very specific group of people who I think would enjoy it, so... I think two is fair. I would give it, like, like a three or a four. It's a movie that, uh... I would say, like... Get a little fucked up with your buddies and watch it. I, I feel like that's, like, yeah. the, the, the optimal way to do it. Agreed. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, like, have a couple beers and just enjoy yourself movie. So, um, that is our Halloween spooktacular review of Ashes and Blackwood's Backwoods Bloodbath, The Curse of the Black Oat Egg. So, check them out if you want. Don't check out Ashes. Or the second one, then the first one. No, don't don't watch watch Ashes. Ashes. Watch Backwoods Unless you're a Brian Krause super fan. Don't watch Ashes. Backwoods Bloodbath, though. It's got actors you'll never hear from again, but uh, it's pretty good. You guys got uh, what should we? What you want to do for wrap up? Uh, probably just hit up our tags and call it a day, huh? Yeah, let me pull up an actual episode folder so we have that stuff because I didn't write in this one. <laughs> uh, I say I know my shit is uh yeah. Twitter dot com uh at gondola driver. Uh, I get really political on there. 
honestly most of the time now so if you want uh if you want some leftist bullshit there you go i mean me too but i also i do, i like to retweet like passive aggressive like hard drive articles those are really good those usually make me laugh <laughs> Um, you can find me at Letterboxd, uh, Timmy C, and my Twitter and Instagram are Hot Pink Waffles. I also get really political on my Twitter, and sometimes I talk about wanting to watch the entirety of Nicolas Cage's filmography, which is maybe something I'll do for a project. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like that's a lot of hours of Nicolas Cage. It's 120 something movies, Jesus I think. Jesus Christ. Let me see. Let me search it up on IMDb while I still have it yeah, open. Like, while you're doing that, I will hit up the, you know, go hit up our Instagram, rewind, period, reload, period, pod, or rewind and reload. I think you can find it that way too. And then you can email us at rewind and reload podcast uh, at gmail.com with anything you want us to do. Which we haven't gotten a lot of emails, so maybe email us once in a while, people. Yeah, funny enough, our Russian beat creator didn't actually message us after last week, but whatever. Mm-hmm. What a surprise. Uh, I usually talk about the last movie I reviewed on Letterboxd and give a little brief overview. Uh, I reviewed a movie called 8mm, starring none other than Nicolas Cage, which is kind of why I want to do that project. Uh, it's a movie about Nicolas Cage trying to find out if snuff films are real. And it's... I saw someone describe it as, this movie feels like a badly paced Batman comic. And that's correct. (laughs) It's very much like, oh, I'm gonna go here and find this lead, and this leads to this. And I'm the Batman, but I'm Nicolas Cage. I'm the Cage Man. And then the big climactic act where, uh... Paul, not Paul Giamatti. What's that guy's name? Who's the guy from... Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie, funnily enough. Forgot about that. James Gandolfini plays, like, this, like, sleazy casting agent who is basically like, you want to be in rap videos? But, uh, in 1999, so he's like, you want to be in movies, kid? Suck my cock. Yes, daddy. Classic Weinstein approach. Yeah, I wonder if that was, uh... Probably not intentional. I don't know if this movie was made by the Weinstein Company. That'd be pretty fucking funny. (laughs) Just self-snitching. Considering the subject matter. Uh, but yeah. that, That was a movie I watched. And, uh, maybe I'll watch all of Nicolas Cage's filmography. I don't know. But, um, I think that's it, unless you guys have anything else. Um, I don't think so. No pee poopers. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah. we'll see you in the next one. Peace out, Holmes. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>